Welcome to Livestream News. I'm Ross Brand. Livestream News is brought to you by LivestreamUniverse.com, where you can find all of our past shows and features. We also have daily updates with show recommendations on our Facebook page. That's at Facebook.com slash LivestreamUniverse. And joining me tonight to make sense of all of these different platforms and what's going on around the Livestream Universe is Nick Rishwain. Nick is an attorney. He's the vice president of client relations and development for experts.com, an online marketing platform for expert witnesses and consultants. Nick's been in the legal tech field for more than six years and has a passion for legal industry disruption with the goal of lowering the cost of legal services. Nick co-hosts Legal Tech Live, uh, which congratulations, Nick. I believe it's uh, it's about a year for you. Um, that's his show, a, a podcast, a live podcast, live stream show featuring legal tech startups and innovators. And Nick's also passionate about robotics and artificial intelligence. And he's done a lot of shows on that topic as well. And talking about your shows, Nick, um, the last time I think we chatted, we were considering platforms uh, in case that other network, not to be named anymore, um, went under, and it yeah. did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so where have you been hiding out? What have you been testing? What have you been working on? How has it affected your whole workflow, uh, all these changes going on? Yeah, well, I think probably what it's affected the most is having a single platform where we went interacted with the group of folks that we met on that platform and following everything that they're doing. You've done a, a fantastic job of keeping everybody informed of Thank you. how we how we all kind of have been distributed since then. Um, uh, we've been, for the company, uh, for experts.com, our last uh, interview, I think, was uh, our last recorded live stream interview was, I think, the beginning of August. We don't do them all the time through experts.com. We may be doing one a month right now. And we did that on FireTalk. Uh, and I'm, I'm pretty happy with with uh, the outcome of that video. Uh, and for Legal Tech Live, I'm on Huzza now for Legal Tech Live. Crowdcast is one I've looked at and have not. Uh, I've only been a spectator or audience member for, for Crowdcast. I have not played with it for Legal Tech Live or or uh, for experts.com. So, but those are kind of, you know, I, I think we've talked about this numerous times, Ross, that I prefer the multi-user experience to the one, to the uh, Facebook Live or Periscope experience. I do Periscopes, but I, I like the multi-user interaction uh, in the interview or broadcasting style uh, that, that makes more sense and keeps me more engaged than uh, than than the one to many kind of Facebook live or Periscope style. Right. And that's that's what I enjoy. And that's my focus as well. There's a few people who do um, sort of show style Periscopes or one to many Facebook lives like Leslie Nance from Go to, to Kitchens is one and Janine Truitt. Um, from Ask the Tsarina, the Tsarina of HR does one. And those are really like each week in each show is a is a theme and it's a topic and there's there's a discussion and it's it's formulated like a show, even though it's sort of mm -hmm. one to many. Um so they kind of have I've kind of put them in that that 
niche of like shows that I, I, I focus on. Um, but for doing interviews and doing talk shows and, and that kind of thing, there's no perfect platform out there. Obviously, the goal for me and I think for some other people is eventually to get to where we can produce it independent of platforms using technology like Wirecast and things like that. Uh, but that's a ways away right now, and that takes some other technical know-how and perhaps equipment and things like that. Um, and this has been a solid, reliable platform. I remember I actually tested it out with you the first time I came on here, and we had tested out, I think, Zoom before that. And the thing that stood out to us was how much better the live audio quality was on FireTalk. And it continues to be, in my opinion, the best of the WebRTC platforms for audio quality, decent video quality. Sometimes video quality, I think, is better on here. Um, but my replays haven't been great. And they've, they've been kind of like overlaid in a, 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 where, you know, there'll be a pause where nobody's speaking and then the two voices will run on top of each other a little bit. And so that that's kind of an issue I'm having here. Um, a lot of people like Crowdcast. It's certainly a beautiful nice. platform. But there have been some issues with Crowdcast as well. And, I, you know, I thought Huzzah was kind of the third of the three. And now as I'm looking closer at Huzzah, I'm thinking it's a it's a much stronger platform than perhaps I gave it credit for. I, I found the, the interface for hosting to be a little, a little more confusing to me or a little less mm -hmm. user-friendly. I find uh, FireTalk very fast getting around the interface when I'm hosting. Um, but the fact that, that Huzzah can go with one click of a button to um, Facebook Live and that it seems to really do it very well at a good quality um, means that that might be another platform. That might be a platform that's worth another look. I mean, I certainly um, saw strengths and weaknesses in it as I do in all these platforms. But I think for me, FireTalk was probably at the top. Crowdcast, if I wanted to pay, was was practically an equal because of all the marketing features. But, you know, Hazafer is fairly affordable, and it's got that Facebook Live. What, what do you think about the, 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 the different platforms? Well, I think you and I talked about this early when we tested out FireTalk original that, that one time that, you know, we were both scrambling to find uh, places to host our shows. I was finding places to interview our expert witnesses for, for experts.com. I wanted to know where I was going to take Legal Tech Live to, um, and and it and it became one of those things where, after experiencing the loss of what I thought was a really solid platform, I was interested in paying uh, because that's that was a platform I would have paid for. Uh, the last one I would have paid a monthly fee for that, and I was interested in paying uh, for hopefully more reliability, hopefully better customer service or, or customer service. Uh, and, and I went to Huzza because for, I think it's 15 bucks a month, I was able to get all I needed it for at this point for Legal Tech Live. Um, I'm not sure what the monetization is on, on uh, FireTalk because I haven't looked into it significantly. We only host a show here once in a while. Uh, and we usually do it for to create the content so that it can be repurposed. Uh, and that's really our main use. Uh, you know, we're more about the reusable content than we are the actual live engagement um, for experts.com. Right. 
And Legal Tech Live, to, to be honest, has been more about the reusable content as well. Uh, but I was, I was, I want to pay to support those that I think are doing good work because I think they earn it. And I wanted to pay because you get different type of experience when you're a paying member of something. Uh, so that's why I chose to go with, with, uh, with Huzza and as a paid member, uh, as a paid broadcaster. Uh, and I would have done the same for Crowdcast. I think it was a little bit more expensive, but there were more features involved. And I'm not at that level yet because right. I have very niche shows. But you've been you've been happy with the quality of uh, the experience, both broadcasting and in the the replays and stuff that you get yes. afterwards. Yeah, the quality. Is very, the repurposing, I think, is I think there's two two things that I look at, like when I look at a, a platform. And it's one of the reasons why right now I'm not going directly to Facebook Live is because I think being in one of these platforms, whether it's here or Hazai, really gives a better experience to the people who take the time to come right. to your show. Um, it, the comments on Facebook are, are yeah, they got to work, work on, on that, that, right? So, so um, the other the other thing is um, is the is the repurposing aspect, and you want to get a quality video at the end of the day, and I think that's that's something that you know um, in the replays that I've seen, I've only been a guest on Crowdcast, Ooh. I haven't hosted, but the replays that I've seen so far have been good. Um, my experience with Huzzah when I hosted a couple times, I couldn't get guests on. I, I, you know, so, so there were certain struggles that it, it looks like they've probably fixed or just it might have been the luck of the draw. Mm -hmm. But it seems like, you know, all these WebRTC platforms, if you get it at the wrong time or you don't have good bandwidth at that time or whatever, they're all susceptible to shakiness. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Times. I think that's absolutely right. Uh, even when you're paying for a platform, I think there's, like you said, with WebRTC, we've experienced, we've all experienced it. I could lose my great internet right now. Right, I work at an internet company, so my internet has to be as fast as possible. But there can be a hiccup with that, and our show could be over. Right, our this this uh, live stream news could be over in a heartbeat. Uh, that is live streaming. That's what we. That's how we experience it. Uh, and we just have to be prepared for those hiccups. But like you know, Mitch is in the crowd, and, uh, and we're we're both fans of, of Mitch and Jen's uh, the show dot live. And right, I, they had a good guest on. Yeah, I, I don't know his name, name. But, <laughs> but I hear he's a fan of mine, uh, which is cool. And uh, but <laughs> but but you know, I've been watching their show religiously uh and i think they can both attest to that because i want to support them and i've seen very few hiccups on the show very few so right and that's on huzza yeah um mark mark in the in the comments makes an interesting point about um blue jean i think they have a feature called prime time they they look like basically a corporate in-house kind of web platform uh, or webcasting platform um, but they now are moving in to try and uh, hook up with Facebook Live to do to do broadcasts, and I think it's 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 a very promising platform because from what I saw, and again, when when these companies are demonstrating it, I'm sure they're going to do it at a time when 
they know everything is working right, right? And they've got the best for that 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 you and I may not have when we're broadcasting. And they had Guy, Guy Kawasaki and a bunch of other people on. But the ability to um, use that platform and have a nice, really polished-looking production on Facebook Live and be able to interact with people um, – you know, bring them in in a way that you can't in the comments and you can't call in at least right now on Facebook Live, but you could through the room that's sort of created through the primetime blue gene. And I haven't tested it yet, but um, wow, I, I think it's very promising. I, but it's another thing to try, right? I, I haven't. Tr have you tried Smile Time or yeah, check I that? Think I haven't we talked about this yet. in in one of our many platforms <laughs> that you and I connect on and communicate through, right? Uh, Ross and I tend to have three conversations going at a time through Twitter and through text <laughs> and through email or something to that effect. Uh, and uh, smile time, you know, I, I heard about it, looked great. I'm just not a big fan. This is strange. This is, it's one of those things. We do need to start our own platform. Uh, it's one of those things yeah. that, I had to connect through Facebook at the time and Facebook is really still semi more personal for me than Twitter, which is more right. professional. I prefer to connect with something and we're connecting in, with all these platforms, right? We're, we're giving everybody access to these different, uh, to what Twitter or Facebook or Google uh, or, or something like that. And I'm like, there's gotta be some limit to where I, where I, where I share it and, and what I use to access it. And uh, so in, in that instance, I was like, you know, I'll wait till they have some more and I'll access via Twitter. Don't ask me. It's probably completely irrational to why I feel that way, but I, but that's how I do it. Right. Right. I haven't tried it out yet. Um, I created, I intended to test it. I created a channel or whatever right. to, so that I could get on quicker when I'm ready to do it or whatever. But I don't know. I haven't seen side by side. It may be possible, but I see one person in the center and people in the the little boxes around the side. And I'm thinking that's kind of Google Hangouts ish. Um, I, I think having the multiple people on screen at one time when you when you're doing an interview, at least part of the time, if you have the ability to switch, that would be great, too. I could switch to you. I could take a drink and not have, not have that. <laughs> switch back, up, right. right? Right, right. But basically, um, I, I think primarily to have the two people on at the same time rather than, than everybody, you know, three people in little boxes along the side. I want to go back to something that um, Jen Nelson from Wine Ant Antics mentioned because she said she's a little miffed at Huzzah at the moment because they aren't responding to emails. And, you know, Marty McPadden, who's watching, I think said it best with um regard to blab that they were a video communications platform that didn't communicate right that didn't have any idea how to communicate and i think we're seeing this with a lot of these platforms i mean one of the biggest complaints that people tell me um and it's i'm not singling out any right now i'm saying in general right is that the people who are running it are good with the technology or they're good with the strategy um not so good with the social communications, even though that is the 
that is the ballpark in which they're playing, right? right? So I don't know whether they need to bring someone in to handle that or they need to just make it a priority or they don't, they're not even reading that it's a problem. But it, I think it's really bleeding customers away from all of these platforms. I, I think my feeling on that is that, hey, these are startups. I work for a small internet company with a lot of customers, right? And and the customer service piece is is a time consuming piece. And I think a lot of these are small companies who maybe right. don't have uh, the the best customer service thing uh, set up right now because they're two or three people working together to get something started. So. It's it's a time consuming process while they're trying to build out the actual tech that runs these these platforms. So I, I try to be very patient on this, but I come from a different area of understanding because I work for a small internet based company. Uh, so right, right. It, 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 and we're actually quite uh, good at customer service and, and quite responsive, but we've we've put processes and and protocols in place in order to do that. And and these things take time. And when you're just two or three people trying to build it on top of trying to communicate, then it I think yeah, I try to be very patient with that. No, you're more patient than yeah. I am. And I hope I didn't miss uh misspeak on what Marty had said. Um uh, my my uh chat is frozen at the moment, so I, I can't see if anything's been been typed in there but um it's just the idea that i i think even when it came to like remember when blab did they did some of their town halls and they did that last one where he was like walking around with the phone and whatever and it's 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 sort of like you have to model a little bit about how you you want people to raise the bar within the profession mm -hmm. right if you're so um i i'd like to see a little more from that but you know this is a free platform right now and free doesn't mean necessarily mean unprofessional, but it means we you have know, to be you more patient. Yeah. yeah. Right? You've got to be more so, patient. Uh, uh, let's, let's talk about YouTube because you, YouTube came out. Um, I think today they kicked it off with uh, some influencers in beta and it's the ability to have a social feed on your YouTube channel. It's actually going to be a tab YouTube community, um, I think it's called. Right, right. There'll be a community tab within those different tabs that you have. You have the about, you have your videos, your your featured channels or whatever. So you'll have a community tab. I think eventually they'll get it to everybody. But right now they're starting in beta, which after our experience at that other platform, now everybody considers a dirty word, but it doesn't have to be, right? right? Um, so what do you make of that? What do you make of rolling out uh, a social component to YouTube? Rather than say trying to get people to use Google Plus, which didn't didn't really work, didn't out, work too out. Yeah, they already had a social channel that was video based, and they tried to put uh, tried to get Google Plus and 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 combine the two, and it was confusing. And trying to access anything and everything in your Google account is already kind of confusing. Uh, you know, when you're trying to get something done in your Google account for company or for personal, <laughs> it can be a little overwhelming. Right. Uh, so I think adding just a tab, a community tab, is probably a good idea. I'd like to see how this works rolled out. I, I guess I'm not an influencer on YouTube yet, so I don't have the tab yet. But it also may only be on mobile. Uh, it, it, that's what the uh, TechCrunch article looks like. It looks like it might be only on mobile thus far. Um, I think anything to create better engagement. I, I, 
look, I still go to YouTube predominantly to see replays, to see anything like that, uh, right. it, or, or to figure out why the car won't start, or to figure out how to unclog the toilet, or something to that effect. Right, your do-it-yourself stuff. Uh, learning if I need to learn something about an SEO, uh, some sort of SEO thing that I'm working on for the company, or I need to figure out how Twitter's new new video work or new you know live video option works. Then I go to I go to YouTube and see if somebody's done a video about it. So I go there for a bunch of things. I think the more time they can get people to spend on there rather than copying the video and, and sending it verse via um, via text or tweet or any of that because that right you go to you go to YouTube right. you watch what you need to watch and you may share it with somebody else but you don't stay on the platform for very long and I don't know if you know it could be a way to drive additional traffic to your YouTube channel if you say you know you're gonna put something some some text some you know, photo content, whatever, some, some sort of information you can't get elsewhere right. and, and make it exclusive to your right. YouTube channel. But then that brings up the issue why you're choosing to drive people to your YouTube channel. Now, if you, if you're somebody who's already got a huge YouTube channel, then maybe that's, that makes sense for you, right? Because right. the number of subscribers and the number of views equal dollars in your bank account. But I'm not sure for most people, business people who have modest YouTube accounts and so forth, why you wouldn't want to drive them to your website rather than to your YouTube channel. And I'm, you know, I'll be totally transparent. I'm trying to get some 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 more subscribers to my YouTube sure. channel so that I can I can eventually get the vanity uh, sure, <laughs> name URL. on there, right? Right. So so I can you know say YouTube slash live stream universe instead of YouTube one ten X Y Z five seven nine whatever. Um and I'm not having much luck with it. Um I have more than a hundred videos there. I've been doing this for almost a year now. <coughs> and I think even since doing the updates and putting those on a couple months ago, I don't know, I've gone from forty five to fifty something right. <laughs> you know right. subscriptions. Whereas the 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 return on, on my time spent on Facebook has been unbelievable. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I and I know that the kind of the view number shouldn't be too much should be read into that, right? right? It's like it's playing while you know you don't have the volume and stuff like that. But um, in in just a couple months, I've gone from like 175 to 360 something followers on my on my facebook page and i get comments and i get interaction and i get you know even going beyond my network meeting new people and stuff like that through it so right well i think youtube is still the better platform for long term right if you're thinking you know way down the road right you want to have your portfolio on youtube but as a place for social interaction i'm not getting it but, you know, other people are and other people are having, you know, a great experience right. there. And, I, you know, I love having the channel, but I got to say it's not converting any for right. me at this time. 
I think anything they could do to to improve that for those of us who are maybe late to the YouTube game, then it's worth it. If somebody wants to leave a post there, look, what I do is uh, in legal tech and with experts.com, both are niche, right? And, and even when I started the robotics and AI show that I had to kind of put off to the I, I was getting spread too thin, so I had to kind of stop that one. But these are niche shows. It's not for everybody. So right. I, I don't expect my following to be like a Gary V following. I just don't expect that to be the case because I'm in very niche areas, and I, I'm fine with that. I prefer to be uh, – prefer not to be a jack-of-all-trades and master of none. Uh, that that's not for me. I, I feel like I can do something a lot better if I'm not a generalist. Uh, and and so I don't expect that I'll ever have a massive following. I expect to have a community of people who are also interested in, in the areas that I'm interested in. So, uh, you know, I think Facebook definitely has the more eyeballs and, and there's nothing you can do about that but when you're going for long more more in-depth videos that we often do you and i both do a more in-depth video you're probably going to want to see that on, on youtube because they do have the play thing in the in the high quality content down uh right and i would suppose like if a potential customer client of yours or whatever is going to search for what experts.com is doing or what Nick is doing um, online, they're more likely to go search YouTube than they are to look up and see your past videos. So even if those videos got hundreds of views on, on Facebook and only got a couple of views on YouTube, the key view may come on YouTube from a business yes. standpoint, I think. <laughs> I think that's true for Legal Tech Live as well as experts.com. And, and this this offer this, this has a big thing. This has a lot to do with who our customer is, who our audience right. member is. These are people who are most comfortable with LinkedIn because we're a professional services company. So if they're on any social networks, generally they're on LinkedIn uh, and maybe no other one. Uh, and they're usually mature age, uh, 40 or above, uh, usually above. And they're not particularly comfortable with all the social platforms. Now, we're working to change that. Live video is one of the ways we're doing it. Um, but generally, they're going to be comfortable with those more well-established. They're not going to find us on Vine. Chances are they're not going to find us on Snapchat, though that that demographic seems to be changing uh, right and they they do find us on twitter quite quite often but if they want to see a video by us they're going to probably go to our youtube channel are there people who are expert witnesses that you know you work with who are putting out either recorded video or live video to showcase their expertise to get more business we've, we've moderated about 15 or 20 videos with expert witnesses. These were people who were willing to do it, not afraid of it. Now, the the cases, uh, like in many professions, uh, and especially in the legal profession, who is generally more, it's a stuffy profession, I would say, um, they're reluctant and or afraid. And, and that's, uh, that's across the board. Not everybody's comfortable with live video, right? Uh, right. That That's... That's the case with with 
everybody, you know, we feel comfortable on it, but we've been doing it for a while now. And, and generally everybody, uh, generally a large part of the population is afraid of live video. Uh, so, <laughs> so I, we did have some forward thinking experts and attorneys that we did interview, uh, and have put together live videos for, but, uh, I don't see a lot of them doing it on their own. Not yet, but I did recently, and this is something I shared on Mitch's show yesterday was one of those that we did interview is a board member for a, a national uh, organization for his particular area of expertise. And because we interviewed him, because he was forward thinking enough, he now wants us to come over to his national organization and help them do a live video trying to pitch one of their new certifications, uh, which they he feels that they have not been doing a good job uh, of pitching. So now we take and we put a video on their national organization. You know, all 50 states are covered. It's appraisals, right. it's a, appraisers. And he wants us to help them create and, and, and messaging and market to the appraisers as to why they should get a certain type of uh, certification. And so, you know, there's been no wasted time on live video. If we weren't doing that, if we weren't uh, on the forefront of these things, we wouldn't have those opportunities. Right, right. Are are you seeing um, interest in in LinkedIn video? I know that there's been some talk about LinkedIn rolling out video to influencers and then perhaps to everybody uh, in terms of either live video or short recorded video. I, I, I haven't paid a ton of attention to it. I, it's not my social network of choice where I spend my spend my time. Um, perhaps I, I should be using it more. Um, but yeah, I think I don't know if you paying any attention to what's going on with, with link. So you, you do I think it'll you think be huge be for those in professional services if they roll right. it out to everybody. And I think that's when you're really going to see people who are in professional services become comfortable with live video. LinkedIn's doing it more professionals will do it uh, because they feel like that's a professional only site. So they're going to only do professional stuff on it. Well, we do professional stuff on all these sites, right? We don't right. do really unprofessional stuff, but if they haven't heard of it before, they're not comfortable with it and so forth. Uh, I have not seen, I think I've seen one of these LinkedIn videos, which was like a 30 second video or something like that. So I don't know what they're doing with it. I don't know who's able to participate. I think it's about five. Do you know if it was a live or recorded? Recorded. It was sort of like the Twitter. Right. Uh, used to be the Twitter 30-second video, or I think it is still a 30-second video. On it's, uh, now it's a minute. Is it? Okay. All right. I didn't I didn't get a minute the last one of those I sent, so I must not have just tried to uh, pass the 30-second mark. Um or at least for uploaded. I uploaded directly to right. Twitter yesterday a video, and they let me uh, – Edit it to a minute or something oh, okay. like that. All right. So, so that is uh, that's what I've seen. The one example of it I've seen. So, hopefully, they'll get it to to a live video channel similar to this or something like it. I'm interested. Uh, you know, Microsoft bought uh, LinkedIn and they own Skype, which is by far the best quality of any of these uh, kind of communication services whatever you want to whatever you want to call it right and skype is is just it blows away anything else that i've tried like it 
and I don't know what would be involved in terms of cost, in terms of technology, but that could be their advantage if somehow they could work Skype in as sort of a broadcasting option for either live or recorded video. Now you're getting conversations and communications that that's of a whole nother quality um, in terms of listenability, in terms of the clarity of the video, everything. I mean, even, you know, the standard Skype, even if you don't have the, the broadcast level Skype or whatever, is still superior in quality to whatever else is out I, there. Yeah, and I, I agree with it. I, I look forward to that day. Uh, I, I imagine we are not uh, thought leaders in this area and that LinkedIn, you know, <laughs> I, I imagine that LinkedIn and, and uh, Microsoft have, and, and Skype, now that they're all sort of one, have this right. in mind. I like to think that they're on that, uh, on that track, but who knows? And, you know, the problem with LinkedIn that I've really seen, uh, it, I'm, I'm a member of a LinkedIn technology and innovation, uh, legal technology community on LinkedIn or, or group. They call them groups on LinkedIn. And I found that it's a lack of engagement on LinkedIn. Everybody's posting, nobody's communicating, nobody's engaging. Uh, this comes from probably professionals and others just not understanding the value in engaging. But uh, I went over to Facebook and started a legal tech community, which was essentially separate from, from experts.com and separate from Legal Tech Live, although related to both. And uh, I did that for the sole purpose of actually really trying to get people in the legal tech community to engage with one another, not what I was seeing in LinkedIn. And, and that's what I see a lot of in LinkedIn. Even for myself, I do a lot of liking. I don't do a heck of a lot of engaging over there. Right, right. And I, and I think a lot of the activity that was more social in groups has now moved over to Facebook groups in the last year or so, right? I mean, Facebook groups are more, particularly for people in like the social media area, marketing and things like that, they're really more energized than than are the, the LinkedIn groups, which kind of fell into sort of a spam and I saw. just just like look at me here's what i'm doing yeah. here's what i know whatever you know stop by my booth at whatever yeah. and get, get a free one of this yeah, and, really and, spammy we have a job opening whatever and i mean that's fine i don't mind that in, in mixed in right but it doesn't seem like there's any more conversation, no conversation. Not in a lot of these not in my experience either so that which is why I kind of created this one and, and told people from the get-go look this is going to be this is going to be thoroughly moderated and spam this is not for spam uh, and uh, you know I think some people haven't seen that message so I'm gonna have to post it again but uh, yeah I, I that's what I found on Li LinkedIn has gotten noisy over the years it used to be very simple but it's gotten incredibly noisy or uh, and that's the best way I describe it. There's yeah. a lot going on there, and you can't figure out where you need to be to see something. And so you end up looking in your in looking in the groups and looking in your your uh, your newsfeed, and, and that's it. Right, right. So before we wrap up, we definitely have to talk about the NFL kicking off its slate of games on Twitter. Yes. The Jets and the Bills Thursday night. Thursday night. Um, it's going to be some interesting observations, I think, afterwards to see what what 
you know, what kind of way did people watch this? Did they watch it and engage? Did they watch it and uh, just just do it because there was no other option for them at the moment? Or did they sit down in front of their desktop and open up a big browser and, you know, enlarge the screen? And what do you think? Yeah. What, what do you make of the NFL on Twitter? I mean, if it works for them, they got to steal a $10 million for 10 games. Right. Right. And, and I, you know, I'm a fan of Twitter, much more so than Facebook. I find the engagement over there more interesting. I like the smaller snippets of information. Uh, it works for me. Uh, so I'm hoping that this is good for Twitter. Uh, what do I make of it? I think it's a, I, I think it, it's got to work for them because they need to do something because you right, know, for, right. the stock price is getting beat up all the time. It's, uh, it was up last week. It's down again this week. It's they're all over the place, and um, I think if it works, like you said, it's a steal for them. About a million bucks a game, ten games. I saw last night. I I saw some some things being implemented or tried on Twitter moments related to last night's game. Uh, the Steelers, I think, were playing. And they were saying they had a follow tab uh, and they had a live tab. And if I followed that Twitter moments section, it sounded like they were going in my feed, in my Twitter feed throughout the evening. They were going to send me videos related to that game. Now, it wasn't fully live, but they were going to give you, it sounded like, it looked like some exclusive content or something like that. Maybe some behind the scenes from the game if I followed that particular section um so i'm interested i'm really interested to see they need the advertising dollars uh, and this could be really revolutionary for live video right uh what is the w one reason many people like i'm a cord cutter i've cut the cord i don't have cable anymore i use netflix hbo and amazon that's how i watch shows uh most of my friends who are huge in sports, their whole reason for still having cable is sports. That's the whole reason. Right. If they can get that if they can get that elsewhere, they can get it through Facebook, they can get it through Twitter or one of the or, or another platform. I see that they're going to do it. That would be I would I would say okay, well this is great. I'm spending two hundred dollars a month on my cable bill so that I can get my sports package, but now I can see them right. live right there on the computer. Uh, I think that it, this will be huge for Twitter and for live video as a whole. Well, I think, you know, one of the ways that I would use it is if I wasn't able to watch it in any other fashion, sure. right? I didn't have a computer with me. I wasn't, um, I, I wasn't anywhere where there was a TV, whatever. All I could do is pull out my cell phone and use my cell coverage. If, I mean, again, if I had Wi-Fi, I'm probably going to bring a computer with me. Right, if I know right. I'm going somewhere, right? Um, I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull out my cell phone. I'm gonna look on Twitter, and 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 if that's the only option, that's better than nothing. Now, for people who play fantasy football, I'm not one of them. But for people who do that, because um, I'm just thinking, like, okay, if my team was playing, okay, the Giants are playing. Where can I get? If I can only get it on, then that's where I'm right. gonna watch it, right? But for people who are fantasy football folks. They, every game is of interest to them, regardless right. of who's playing, um, even if it's a bad game That's on right. Thursday That's right. night, right? Um, because even if it's a route or even if it's two teams that are that you know are going nowhere later in the season, they still have players of interest in, in, in that game. 
And so I think it's great for people like that. And I think that's going to be a, a big part of the, the audience, as well as just people who are like hanging out in a bar on Thursday night or happy hour or something. And like, you know, they want to they want to socialize. They want to do what they're doing. But, you know, somebody pulls out a you know nice size phone, turns it, turns it uh, landscape yeah. and puts it on the table, cranks up the volume and you got a game on while you're. And while the you're other chatting. thing that it really provides that, it, uh, that Twitter provides that no other platform provides is the real time interaction. Right. If you're watching something mm -hmm. and there's a hashtag uh, go Rams uh, or hashtag whatever, and you want to do commentary, running commentary, that's something Twitter offers that nobody else offers. That running real-time commentary, communicating with you know other fans or or, or your or, or your rival, and you guys are going back and forth. Well, now if you can watch it on on the screen and also follow the hashtag at the same time and communicate with people, that's you know that is one thing that Twitter offers. It's there's no better way to communicate in real time, real-time commentary on an ongoing event of any type. So if they can do the sporting and then they can take it and do other events, it'll be interesting to see how that changes things. So I'm kind of different than that way, because when I watch my teams play, that's like one of the times I put okay. the phone down and like don't do anything. And I'm usually I'm too busy, you know, coaching through the sure. TV, like calling the plays and, you know, setting the sure. defense and sure. it, <laughs> cursing at the refs that I, I don't really want to be interacting with. And I think some will, but I, I think, uh, you know, and I think some of the younger but, but generations, they, uh, younger than us, right. are into that, and they want to smack talk each other through social platforms and and communicate with each other that way in real time. You know, I I liked watching the the uh, Republican and Democratic conventions on Twitter. I liked to see what people's comments were about what was happening on stage. So I was watching it through the TV and. Also, uh, also watching it uh, on Twitter because I like to see what people are. I, I like kind of your own sentiment analysis of what people are thinking about what's happening. <laughs> right, right. Of course, as we know, um, just like with a show like this, or you know, bigger scale with a radio show or anything, the people who call in aren't necessarily representative of the people who watch or the people who listen. As you know, anybody who's worked in, in, in radio can tell you if you had a psychic on or you talked about whether or not Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame, you're going to get phone calls off the hook. But it doesn't mean that your show is going to get better ratings right. than if you discuss something else. Um, and so, I, you know, I'm a little leery of the sentiment analysis via tweets, right? Because there's just so many people who are tweeting about stuff who aren't even going to go vote. And then there's other people who are, you know, really locked into what's going on on TV and stuff like that and aren't commenting at the time. Not because they're not into social media, right? right. They're just not doing that. And their voice is not being sort of represented when we when we take a graph of what's going on on Twitter. You're right. You were the Twitter is going to be leaving out some of our demographics in, in those. And, but having, having said that though, it's still real time feedback. Like we've never gotten right, before. Right. right. And there's a reason that if you're at on the convention, if you're watching the convention on, I forget who did, was it NBC who did the conventions? Uh, I can't even recall now, but what there's a reason they still have the hashtag at the bottom of the screen. There's a reason the parties, political parties or 
the particular NFL right. event has a hashtag that shows up during commercial breaks or shows up at the bottom of the screen because they are they know that there is value there in getting people to communicate through that platform. Right, because as the conversation continues, then you need to stay watching the show or the game or the event in order to continue talking in the That's conversation. Right. Whereas if you're not engaged with other people, it's it's just a channel click away to forget about what you were watching. That's right, ago. and it's a way to keep the, the viewer engaged for longer. So if they've got a great advertising plan, then they've got ads running in Twitter under that hashtag during during uh, the same event, right? There, so right. they've got ads going through Twitter using that hashtag during that event while people are also watching. So now they've got them. I don't know. You said you're the you're the when you're watching a game is the one time your phone's down. I don't know anybody my age and, and lower, and I'm not that young anymore, but I don't know anybody my age and younger who is not looking at the phone. We are not engaged with what's happening on the TV anymore. Uh, so, I think part of that for me, though, is because of a unique – I mean, it could be my – just that I'm an old fogey, but it, it could also be because I had worked as a sportscaster. So looking at stuff online, playing fantasy football, all that stuff feels like work. Right. Like could be commenting on what's going on to other people feels like work. Right. Whereas just reabsorbing myself as a fan in the games that I enjoy and not having to think about what all this other stuff is like for me, like a vacation from, you know, everything else I'm doing. Yeah. So. And I don't, you know, the, de the demographics, they're changing when you're talking about the online, right. you know, I'm not saying you as an old fogey because you're well, yeah. way more advanced than, than a lot of people probably in your age group. Right. Uh, as far <laughs> as online goes, they I think I could run. Idea. I think I could run circles around some of the kids. Yeah, <laughs> that I, exactly. I want to, you know, blow my own horn or anything. Right. But and, you know. and, I've got, and then I've got a seventy-three-year-old father who is really darn good with technology right. for um, for a man who is not was through most of his professional career not involved in it. Now he's trying to pick these things up and learn them. Uh, and then I've got a mother who's a total Luddite. So, it's, <laughs> you know, you just don't understand where they where they get it. So I think the, the demographics of who's capable of this online video, online anything, well, those are changing rapidly. Even my millennial who works for me was saying the other day that Snapchat <laughs> has gotten too complicated. My millennial. Yeah. Uh, well, I used to have. Let me bring in my millennial. I used to have two. Now I have one. So, <laughs> so, but even so, so saying, he's Snapchat, saying I got too. Snapchat's getting too complicated. Interesting, isn't it? So, are you still as active on Snapchat as you had been? Yeah, I'm pretty active there. I'm pretty active there. I, I needed more space on my phone, so I deleted. Yeah. There you go. So now it's deleted both from my phone and from my. Uh, um, my iPod touch. So, okay. cause you know, my phone is Android. And so I have the iPod touch just to keep an eye on what's going on on the iOS stuff. And I haven't deleted ghost codes though, because it cracks me up to check that every once in a while and see if I'm still ranking for news. Nice. nice. I haven't Snapchat. Are you still getting more hearts on ghost codes? I don't know. I don't pay that close <laughs> attention, but you know, once every couple of months I flip through and just see what's going on. Yeah, yeah, uh, I know I can upgrade. Hey, any thoughts on phones? We got we got the note blowing up. We we got no uh, 
no cord, <laughs> no no ear ear. The blowing up's probably good for me in in the profession I'm in. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, I'm here in lawsuit, right? Yeah, I, I, that's that's great. That's uh, there. Somebody's going to need an expert witness who says why <laughs> the white explode. So I'm fine with that. Uh, I hope nobody gets hurt, but somebody uh, somebody will sue regardless of how how serious the injury is. Um, the iPhone Seven, you know, whatever. I. I I have FOMO about some things or, you know, uh, fear of missing out on some things and on other things. I, I just don't care. And there, I was at a four, I was using the four S until I went to the six plus. So I had like a three, three and a half, four years in between upgrades because right. nothing changes. You know, uh, the, the changes are so minuscule. And so they, they're not earth shattering that I don't need it unless I need like you, I need more space or I, you I, know, I still have a galaxy S four. <laughs> yeah. So you, that's, I had the iPhone for us for a long time. And uh, so I'm, I got to decide, do I go to a galaxy now or do maybe the, if I do an iPhone, maybe it'd be like an iPhone six or something like that. That's, that's what I did. I went to the, uh, went to the six plus I got the bigger phone, but, and more memory, but, yeah, I, I don't, uh, over the mobile devices, until they can really do something spectacular, I, I'm not not really into it. And they're, right now, the changes seem pretty minuscule. Nick, uh, just tell everybody before we, we wrap up where they can find you and what you're, what you're working on. Yeah, so they can find me at, at experts.com VP, and I'll put that down here, experts.com VP. Uh, they can find me at visitexperts.com, email us, call if they need. Uh, they can also find me at Legal Tech Live uh, on Twitter. We're working on the website, so uh, that's not yet available. Uh, but Twitter's a great way to get a hold of me. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, Nick.